this is a video about how I overcame approach anxiety and the free lessons I learned on the way. So I'm going to first tell the story and then at the end of this video, I'm going to tell you the three most important lessons I learned on that journey. So watch the whole video until the end. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Like most young guys in their teens, I wanted to have more women in my life. And by more women, I meant I wanted to lose my virginity eventually. This was not easy because from Monday to Friday, between the age of 15 and 20, I was in an old boys boarding school every week. I did have some girls in my actual school, in my class. But first of all, obviously the girls who, you know, go to like a higher technical school like I went to, they're not really the ones you want to date. And it's not really the place to hook up anyway with your classmates. So what's left was the weekend where I drove home to my little farm town, far away from any club scene or any big city life. And there I was. To be honest, I never felt comfortable there. Uh, I was bullied in primary school. So I was feeling actually really comfortable in my new high school, apart from the whole women part. Uh, but I had a good time reinventing myself as a dude there. So home, Saturday, Sunday. I was at home with my parents, mostly spending time playing online poker, uh, learning how to program, doing my homework, or just nerding around on the internet. I didn't really go out at all at 15, 16, 17. Now, when I turned 18, I was getting increasingly not only frustrated, but kind of like stressed because I was still a virgin. And I was like, all right, I need a game plan. I need to go out more. I need to meet ladies. So here was my game plan. Pre-drinks, go to the club, after party, right? That's what everybody did these days. So... By pre-drinks, obviously, I mean some social environment where guys and girls meet before they go out, which often is kind of the more relaxed environment anyway, uh, because you're not stressed by the pounding music. You don't have to buy drinks. You know, you can kind of sit where you want. You can relax. You can play card games or other stupid drinking games. And uh, it's actually more relaxing than going to the club. But to get to those kind of pre-drinks where there's girls also... <laughs> You had to know the scene. You had to know the right guy. I was super lucky because I met one really friendly guy in a poker forum, in an international poker forum, who ended up being that he lived in my little town, which was amazing. So he was super friendly and he was connected to the guy who did organize those pre-drinks back then. You know, and this is now over 10 years ago. So here I was, you know, at those pre-drinks. Uh, I was still quite shy. And, you know, there was girls there. Most of them had boyfriends anyway. And basically the strategy there is just get really hammered, play games and then go to the pub. Obviously you don't make moves there. I was way too shy anyway. All right, then you ended up at the club slash pub and it's not, you cannot really call it a club. Uh, where I grew up, there's basically two or three little like pub slash bars capacity between 25 and 80 people per venue. So that's how you can imagine it. Maybe you lived the same way. I don't know if you can relate, but you arrived there and instantly it's super stressful. You know, you show up with your bros. Okay. They got drinks and then you stand there like an idiot. First of all, I didn't have any money, so I didn't want to spend too much money on drinks anyway. 
Second of all, impossible to approach, you know, crippling social anxiety. The only girls you could approach are either people you've seen before, so it would be super awkward, or there are people who know people who you've seen before and you don't want to ruin your reputation. On top of that, as I said, I was bullied a bit in like primary, so I didn't want to, you know, ruin or double ruin my reputation uh, trying to approach a girl and failing. That was not an option at all. So basically, those couple of hours in the club or pub were always super stressful. The only dopamine spikes you kind of get standing there like an idiot is some guy who you know walks in and he's kind of friendly, luckily, and you're like, hey, bro, you here? I'm I'm sure you guys know that feeling. Um, So that's like the only thing that makes you feel like you belong a little bit and it makes you feel a little bit good because here are you with your tribe. And, you know, your buddy's obviously also not approaching. That one guy actually was a little bit, and I was always like, wow, if I can be one day like him, that would be cool. Then you just hope that eventually the leader of the group who organizes the pre-drink says, all right, let's go. And you follow him home for, like, the after party. And what is the after party? It basically is a time where you sit there and trying to somehow engage a girl because now everybody's drunk and the mood is kind of fun and easy the hot girls obviously went home by then you know the hot girls always go home at 1 or 2 a.m and you're trying to make a connection somehow with one of the girls who has left so you're there at the after party hoping for something to happen you don't really have a game plan you basically just hope that one girl is drunk and horny and leans on to you and you know 50 percent of that whole going out thing of like you know, getting ready, going to the pre-drinks, smashing beer into yourself, getting really hammered, paying entry at a club, staying up all night there is to make maybe 2% progress with one girl, you know, that you've met two weeks before and you hope she's going to be there again. And then the other 50% is like that wishful thinking, that fantasy of maybe today is the night where I'll, you know, make a move or where, where I have the courage to meet someone outside of my immediate social circle. And I just walk up to someone and open. It can't be that hard, right? I've seen it before. So kind of that fantasy, that motivation keeps you coming back as well. It's almost like being a drug addict and you hope maybe maybe tonight I get some. And the overall emotion with all that thing, which, you know, has been going on for maybe one or two years in my teens, like around 18, 19, the overall emotion has been, it's not for me. I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing here. This is ridiculous, you know, like, how is this the best part of my week? Why am I wasting time here? And at the flip side of that is, I had no idea what is the alternative. What else could I be doing? It was this paradox of this is clearly not for me and I don't belong here, but this is the best I got. And I guess that's the cards I've been dealt. And so I have to deal with that and make the best of it. That was just so depressing and I didn't really see a way out back then. The other problem I saw with this whole setup was basically you work on a girl over and over. You try to, you know, meet basically the same type of girls because they're in your little bubble. And that's what you end up with if she likes you. So it's basically if the girl accepts the guy, you know, if the girl is already into the guy, then something will happen and a relationship will maybe come out of it. And... If not, you have to try with another one and that's it. You cannot date outside that little bubble. 
And that's ridiculous, I think. You know, I already knew that's insane. That's crazy. I don't want to live like that. Even to this day, I coach a lot of guys who ended up with their like first girl they had sex with or the first girl they had sex with more than two times or they just ended up with. And they dated that girl for years and years and years. And then that feeling came crippling slowly of like, what the fuck? Why? Why did I? Why did I agree to that? You know, why did I sign <laughs> such a contract with myself? And It takes them years to break up and to really go like, no, there must be more out there. So that all changed when I read the book, The Game by Neil Strauss, which probably a lot of you guys know about. It really gave me hope. It was a time when I was like, oh my God, you can like learn this shit. You can learn this like a skill in school and you can get better at it. Like, it's not just like, here is your cards and, you know, play with it. You can get a whole new deck, you can shuffle again, and you can improve your skills at the poker table, so to say. That resonated so much with me, and it really gave me hope. It gave me a vision out of this box that I was trapped in. So I started trying stuff out, you know, there was this book, there was kind of those guidelines in there, and I started to try stuff. I was really lucky because I was in a totally new environment then. I've been doing my social circle in Nicaragua at the time I was reading that book. So being in this new environment gave me permission to be someone else. It gave me permission to even be a little bit weird, to try things. Uh, there was always tourists in that city as well. So that is the part of, you know, not being picked at by girls that you approached a week before or being afraid that your high school bully sees you and makes fun of you. So that was really great. And I tried it all. <laughs> I tried peacocking. I put like feathers in my ears and I had like three watches and a lock around my neck and a weird hairband. I always had a deck of cards with me. I watched YouTube videos on how to do card tricks. I learned different like conversation techniques. I learned different touch techniques. So I've done all that. And You know, I, I literally, there was a time where I went to the club like five times a week, which was kind of insane because every time I went out, I was still heavily relying on alcohol. So I would, there were times where I would drink like 10 beers and like a half a bottle of rum. Shout out to Tonya beer and uh, Flor de Caña rum. It's like, so ridiculously cheap there. Anyway, sometimes it actually worked. You know, that's why what's so kind of intoxicating about this whole like pickup stuff. It works sometimes. Of course, it works with the girls who are really who are already into you, who already decided this guy's kind of cute. Yeah, whatever. He's waffling there. Yeah, he's dressed a bit weird, but at least he said hi. And uh, those are the girls I sometimes ended up making out with at the end of the night. It was never the really hot girls, of course. It was never the ones who are around, you know, other cool guys or other cool girls. Uh, I was always like the ones who already gave me eyes and I finally had the courage to do something about that. So that was cool. But of course, I didn't get really the girls I wanted. When I tried it with a really hot girl, it failed miserably because they just saw this guy's wearing a mask. He's doing some weird trick. He's not being himself. And, you know, if there's one thing that uh, really attractive women resonate to a lot and really it's you being real, you being authentic, You're not wearing a mask, you're being totally confident in your masculinity and not bullshitting them because they're being bullshit all day. So they really appreciate a guy who's like straight, honest, open and real. And I wasn't back then. I was playing literally card tricks to even open up a conversation. And alcohol was involved a lot, right? So I knew, okay, this is uh, at least a step up. This feels better, but it's still not me. 
So back in Vienna, I tried to, you know, keep the momentum going, kept going out at night, uh, slowly spent all my money because obviously suddenly it wasn't as cheap anymore and I should have finally gotten a job. But uh, I still really wanted to, you know, get results with the ladies. At the same time, I was aware of like RST, real social dynamics, who were really good at like creating events in cities, right? They had their free talks and a lot of people would show up. So I was like, okay, might be a cool opportunity to meet some other guys who also want to improve in this. And so I did go to one of those talks. I remember it was weird because there was like 200 people or more in the room. And the speaker, I don't remember, was it Julian or ST Max, someone like there, they really like managed the crowd really well. There were great speakers and the audience was like screaming and growling and jumping off their seats. And like, you know, the speaker would make uh, some condescending joke about women and how he, I don't know, manipulated her. Uh, and everybody was like, ha ha, laughing. And I was like, damn, I was, it was a bit depressing because I was like, fuck, do I have to become like that to have success with women? You know, because obviously, I mean, the speaker knows what he's talking about, right? And, and the audience is like, yay. And I was, you know, and all the way in the back in the last row, le leaning against the wall. And I, again, didn't belong. I felt like this is not for me. And I don't want to... I don't want this. I don't want to be like this to have a connection with women and to be intimate with someone. You know, I it's not myself. I don't want to wear a mask. I've been trying that already. Didn't get me the results I wanted. So I knew, again, this is not for me and there's something else out there, but I didn't know yet what it was. Also ask myself, is that really what women want? Like, do they want to have some guy who's like screaming around and dancing and, you know, puffs his chest out and like makes bold claims and like nags her and does all the push and pull and like, really? That's what works? I was quite critical about that. So I had to dig deeper. I was again Googling, researching, and I wanted to find a more natural way, right? Which led me to the natural lifestyles and James Marshall's speech, the three pillars of natural seduction. I uh, can link it here. Uh, amazing speech. It blew my mind. I literally was like midway through. I called my friend. I was like, Dominic, Dominic, I found something. I think you will love it as well. And it really gave me hope. It was eye-opening. It was a relief. It was like a weight off my shoulders. I was like thinking, oh my God, I can be low energy. I can be introverted. I can be myself. And... You know, I can talk from that whole energy and still girls gonna like me and they're gonna, you know, go on dates with me and I can have sex with them without all those tricks and like lines I learned and all the card tricks I did and all that stress. And the best part, I can do it during the day while the sun is up on the street without getting drunk and, you know, standing in line for an hour to get into the club and without the need of my buddies behind me to feel proud and strong and, you know, other girls around me to show status. I can just literally just say hi to a girl on the street. Like it was mind bending. <laughs> so no more pickup lines, no more peacocking, no more alpha bullshit nagging and no more getting drunk and staying up till six in the morning. So I was hooked. I knew this is the way and uh, I was really excited to try it out. So as accepted, my buddy really loved the concept as well. And you know, the, the hacker he was, he quickly found a 30-day day game approaching challenge, right? He downloaded it 
of torrent or something. And all I remembered was like 30 audio files and you were allowed to listen to only one file per day in sequence. So day one, day two, day three, and you were not allowed to skip a day. And it was a little challenge every day, right? So it started super easy. The point was obviously to overcome your approach anxiety because still at that time, the thought of approaching a girl on the street was like the most terrifying thing I could ever, ever imagine, you know? And at that time I traveled alone to Nicaragua. I was in China in like crazy villages. I got robbed in Nicaragua. I was, you know, I had knives on my neck. Uh, I did like traveled alone with my backpack through free countries and different buses and trains. I uh, met different people and still saying hi to a girl was like impossible. So day one of that challenge, the the thing was say hi to 10 people. All right, check. Next day, uh, it was ask for the time 10 times. All right, check, did that. Day three, got harder. You have to ask for direction three times. Okay, still indirect stuff. You know, you still don't really have to like show your intention of I'm a guy, you're a girl. Uh, I want to date you or something like that. Um, and you still didn't really have to engage with people. You're basically literally just asking for information. Day four uh, got a little more difficult, which was give 10 people a compliment. And that was the last day I did and failed. I did like one. I told one guy he had a nice hat in passing. That was it. I couldn't do more. I gave up. You know, the next day I tried again, uh, walked around hours and hours, you know, got a lot of steps into my uh, health app and iPhone, but that was pretty much it. Again, I was frustrated. I was like, fuck, why is this so hard? What is wrong with me? You know, what is it about me, my brain, the way I grew up, the barriers in my thinking and so on. It was so frustrating to needing to understand and accept that I am that way. I knew I could get better because I kind of proved to myself at least I I made many steps before. But I think the the most important part was admitting to myself that I cannot figure it out by myself, that I need help and that I need support and I need somebody to mentor me. Now, that last part, the admitting to myself that I cannot figure it out by myself took me like many months. And like looking back, what if crazy waste of time like literally making that one little shift of let's get help let's have somebody you know coach me wasted half a year of my life and half a year compared to what i'm hearing now on the phone talking to guys about a workshop isn't even that much every day i talk to guys who want to do workshops or want to work with me or want to do online or live training right especially about approaching meeting more women lifestyle design and I often ask them, like, how long you've been either watching our videos? How long has this been a problem? How long have you not been taking action? And the guys regularly say things like three years, four years, five years, uh, or I was in a relationship for eight years, but it should have ended seven years ago. Insane time spans. Like, it's insane. Like, you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you're in your 40s. Each of those blocks is like a three times three year block or two times five year block that you wasted. Like, it's insane. Take action, please. So finally, for myself, I made the decision I need help and I uh, made the conclusion, well, obviously there's guys out there who did figure it out. You know, there's people putting videos online of doing day game approaches, getting numbers. The content is out there. Clearly, they haven't just been born with it. 
they picked it up somehow and seems like they're running successful businesses in teaching other people how to do it, probably I should get in touch with them. So that's what I did. I booked a call, you know, through the TNL website and I wanted to go on a workshop. And well, long story short, I couldn't afford it. I was like 22 at the time. I was barely getting by on my Starbucks wage, uh, still in uni, totally broke, spent all my money before. And I just couldn't do it. You know, since then I've spent like 50, 60,000 euros at least on personal development and uh, gaining new skills and buying myself into several social circles and learning about that there uh, and, and paying mentors. But back then I was 22. I had a lot of skills, you know, I knew things and I was motivated. I had a lot of time, but I had no money. So obviously that was a little bit disappointing, you know, realizing that I just don't have the funds to come in a workshop uh, and that I wouldn't for a while because I just didn't have a job back then. But I knew this is what I wanted. This is the path. Finally, something that really suits me. So I didn't give up. I offered my skills. I realized, hey, I am good or at least okay at photography. I had a camera. I can put that to use. I can edit videos. I've done it before. I have a premiere license. I know how to make websites. I understand a little bit about marketing. I've been doing two or three websites for other companies before. And I have time. And the best part of it, I know how to learn new skills really fast. And I guess because I'm Austrian and because I'm diligent and I'm a perfectionist, I am able to deliver things at a level that our professionals expected. So I put all that in a good pitch and explained why I'm the man together with my buddy Dominic and uh, sent that over different emails to James. Uh, at the beginning, it failed, but I didn't give up. And finally, I got an answer. I got the chance to do a photo shoot for the TNL team. You know, it was really short notice. I didn't know how to run a studio photography shoot back then. So I did what I knew how to do is how to Google and you know how to find things on the internet, how to do shit. And that's what I did. I drove to Budapest. And I guess it was like right time, right place, right pitch and good delivery. You know, to be honest, I'm now in a position where guys want to work for me. Uh, also, I've been managing applications for James for many years. And most of the pitches and suggestions and offers of guys who want to work for us, they're just really bad, you know. Literally, guys are like, hey, let's meet up and talk about something or let's meet up for a coffee or, hey, I want to work for free. Even that sounds cool, but it's like if somebody wants to work for free, you make it my job of finding out what you could even do, where I would use you, what skills you even have. Are those skills any good? If yes, are you going to deliver on a good level? What else you got going on? Like now you, you give me another job, which is onboarding you, right? And onboarding is not an easy task. So... I didn't do that. I delivered really well. And what followed was like six months of me going to Budapest a lot, right? The deal was my time for your coaching. And it was a lot of my time for a little coaching. So I had to go many times to kind of add up hours to get some coaching uh, at the end of it. But it wasn't even about the coaching, to be honest. It was being in that environment. So for the next half year, Every week, almost every week, I was in Budapest, which meant I got to spend time with the team. I got to look at them approach, right? And I got to be pushed by them to do something that before was so weird to everyone else and weird to me and it didn't feel right. 
And suddenly I was in an environment where I was encouraged and it's normal and it's cool. And why, why would you not do it? You know, you're a man, there's a beautiful woman. Of course, go up to her. Like, what are you doing? Go, let's go. You know, how was it? Uh, she didn't say anything. Oh, cool. Do the next one. You know, it was such an engaging and encouraging uh, environment that made it really click finally and made it not easy, but, but possible, right? So that was a great time. That was super exciting. Um, one of the best times in my life, I would say, because I really, for the first time in my life, felt like I found an environment where I belong into. And that was liberating and it made me feel so good. So here are three lessons I learned along this sometimes cruel, but sometimes super beautiful journey. Uh, the first one is that day game is really powerful. It uh, really gives you an edge over a lot of other things. Because if you think about it, you know, you going to the club, trying things there, you're doing what everybody else does. You swiping on Tinder, you're using like 1% of your masculinity to get girls and you're relying on five good photos uh, that you maybe hired a photographer for or even a photoshopped or, you know, basically relying on genetic lottery plus Photoshop skills. For you to be even starting out with day game, you have to be at a certain level of confidence at a certain level of not giving a fuck <laughs> and at a certain level of just inner peace and also you're putting yourself out there during the day you know bright sunlight without alcohol and you have to be real and honest with girls and if you can do that girls really appreciate that and if you do that as i said you have to have a certain level of confidence around about you girls make the assumption of oh my god you know this guy uh, he's so confident. He's just approaching girls on the street. If you do it in a you know a calibrated way, which you can learn pretty fast, especially with coaches, girls will be shocked and they will be charmed and they will really appreciate it. And they will think that there's all those other girls that you're dating, that you're seducing, that you're flirting with. And believe it or not, that is really attractive to girls. That kind of uh, communicated sense of abundance, you know, that they assume it might not even be true, uh, really gives you an edge over a lot of other guys and makes the girl really attracted to you. There's a funny story that my friend Liam told me uh, of a guy that he coached um, when the guy was like 19. He was a virgin back then and he spent like all his scholarship money on coaching. He was like, I need to stop being a virgin. I need to figure this out. Day game is the way. I guess he was a little bit as crazy as I was back then. So he did coaching with Liam and, you know, they started going, they did some social freedom drills. So he approached the girl, finally did one of his first type of approaches where he really like stops the girl. He, you know, gets her attention. He gives her a compliment. He gets into a conversation and so on. The girl was super charmed. She loved it. She liked it. Uh, they ended up exchanging numbers. They ended up going on a date. They ended up, I think, on a rooftop under the stars. And he said some like romantic line and she started to kiss him. They ended up having sex. So that was his first time. That was the first time he had sex was from one of his very first day game approaches. Then right after they had sex, the girl is like, all right, I want to ask you a question. How many girls did you sleep with? And he was like, well, one, you. And she was like, yeah, okay, haha, very funny. Uh, but come on, tell me. And he's like, no, I'm serious. It's like, you're you my first, I was a virgin. 
And he's like, very kind of you, you know, you, you're a gentleman, you don't want to hurt my feelings, but don't worry, you know, uh, I know you're really smooth and you, you approach me in such a cool way. I just want to know, like, what's the numbers? Like 10, 20, 30, 50, 100? And he's like, no, it's like, it's less than 10. And he's like, nah, come on, it's for sure more than 10. And then he just got annoyed and he said like 13 at the end, just so she would stop asking him because everything I just said, you know, she really assumed, well, a guy who has the balls to approach a girl on the street clearly overcame certain, you know, anxieties and therefore is attractive to other girls and gets laid. So you, it really gives you an edge uh, over so many other things. So that's the magic of approaching on the street. That's the magic of day game that even if you're a little nervous, you know, the girl really respects you. You can create a whole new identity around you in that sense. Every time you talk to a girl, you're a new person. Some girls won't stop, right? But the ones who do, they see you as a warrior. They respect you on a level that other people never respected you in your life. And as I said, even if you're nervous, they give you a chance because they don't, you know, people are afraid of that. They don't think, ah, oh, he's nervous. They're like, wow, he's nervous because this is hard. I know how hard it is. And he's still doing it. Oh my God, this guy's cool. I want to give him a chance. I want to see what's, who he is that made him decide to even, you know, pull that off. So there really is a magic in that. And if you have been hesitating, taking this really serious, you know, maybe you have done single approaches, uh, zero approaches in your life. Maybe you've done a few, maybe you started, had a good run, but then, you know, you had exams or you got a girlfriend and it didn't go well, or you got discouraged because your friends said something or you moved or didn't live in a big city in a while, whatever it is, stop wasting your time and book a call. You know, Just go on the phone with us, go on the phone with either me or Ryan and let's talk about what we can do so you can start hitting the streets again, getting results and, you know, being a warrior. So lesson two is quite simple and straightforward. Environment is everything. You can try to do things alone and you can try to do street seduction alone and learn all the communication skills, but it is an insanely complex topic and you shouldn't try to do it alone, you know? You would also not try alone to learn how to play tennis. You wouldn't Try to learn alone how to become a dentist. You wouldn't try to learn alone how to fix your motorbike, you know? You wouldn't just like randomly do all that stuff. So why uh, do people have such a high standard on, oh, I have to be a man and therefore learning, pick up and asking a dating coach for help is gay, you know? Um, that's total bullshit. That's some weird society standard uh, that people obey by and it's ridiculous. I could have not done it alone. You know, I'm, I'm admitting it and that's okay. That time in Budapest, those couple of months where I worked for James and the Natural Lifestyles team, this was the thing that changed everything, right? The thing before was my intuition. It was newing. I didn't belong. Maybe you have that intuition yourself. Maybe you feel, yeah, like an outcast sometimes or you just know there must be more out there. And then it's about you taking action and finding the right environment, which can be a coach, which can be a support group, a brotherhood, uh, wing guys who know what they're doing and they can, you know, really support you. It's your job to find this environment and do everything in your power to get in there and to give value either in the form of 
money. That's the easiest. You know, if you have some money, just spend it because you also would do it hiring a teacher, hiring a university, hiring, buying some course. So use money. If you don't have any money at all, find people that uh, you can offer skills and value in other form to. But that's your job to find and environment will be the thing that really will make you change in every aspect. And the wrong environment will be the thing that keeps you where you are. You know, if you are in the environment that have you have been in for your whole life, you will keep being the person you are. You will keep getting what you're getting and you will slowly die. <laughs> you will slowly resent yourself over time and then you will end up with some girl eventually because that's what you do and then you will resent her for not taking action earlier and then that relationship will fall apart and then you'll feel horrible which gets me directly into lesson number three which is don't waste time please don't waste time i'm strong believer in that we only have one life you know we should use it and especially if you think about what is life your teens are deleted you know you're in school you, you're an idiot you don't know what you're doing and then your 40s, 50s, 60s, you're a man, you need to build, you need to maybe provide for a family. And then 60s, 70s, 80s, obviously you're dead as well because you're old, you know, you're not going to start seduction when you're 80. Really, it's your 20s, 30s and early 40s where you really should fucking use your time to get the skills you really need to be happy, right? And how you become happy by having beautiful, healthy relationships, with yourself first of all like learn how to like yourself and then out of that will come great relationships with your friends the ones you choose not the ones you like assigned to in school with your family after you figure your shit out you know you can approach that again if you have maybe not the best relationship with your family and especially with your lovers your partners your future wives your children figure this shit out don't waste time don't get stuck in a six-year relationship because it's comfortable or because she moved in or because it is what it is, you know? It's fucking bullshit. Use your time. Use every day. And if you wasted time in the past, that's okay. Admit to yourself now, all right, maybe I did waste a bunch of time, but set an end to that now. Now, I know this is a gradual process, right? It's very easy to watch videos like this and then get all hyped up uh, or get overwhelmed because you see me or other people who figured it out don't forget it took me eight years you know i don't ask you to become a pickup seduction guru by next week or go out tomorrow and approach 100 girls in a perfect way and you know be smooth and all this is a gradual process and all i ask you to do is to stop wasting time and take the first step towards a productive and healthy future okay and this can be as simple as doing a stockpile of what you're currently doing and how you could replace it with better habits instead. What is one thing in your week you could change to be a little more social? And in the end, the goal is to have beautiful, beautiful relationships and be happy. So thanks for watching. See you in the next video. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.